Hey everybody, welcome back to Kimmel and Cox, your source for all things entertainment. I'm Keith Cox. I'm joined as always by my good friend Dylan Kimmel. Well, hello everyone. And today we will be concluding our episode on the Back to the Future trilogy with Back to the Future Part 3. Part 3? Yes. Uh, released on May 25th, 1990. Not very far behind Part 2. And we'll get into the reasons uh, behind that uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but the final film in the trilogy was, uh, again, written uh, by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale and directed by Robert Zemeckis and starring Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly and Seamus McFly, which is uh, Marty's great-great-grandfather, uh, Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown, Mary Steenburgen as Clara Clayton, have a new character uh, there in this movie, uh, Tom Wilson as Buford Mad Dog Tannen, as well as Biff Tannen. Uh, Leah Thompson as Maggie McFly and Lorraine McFly. And uh, Elizabeth Shue uh, is back uh, briefly as Marty's girlfriend, Jennifer Parker. And then we have a few other uh, returning uh, cast members uh, as well, like James Tolkien, except this time he's playing Marshall Strickland uh, mm -hmm. instead of uh, Principal Strickland. And, yeah. uh, and you also have uh, Mark McClure and Wendy Jo Sperber back for the first time since uh, the first movie as Marty's uh, brother and sister, Dave and Linda. We didn't yeah, really, we didn't really didn't... mention them in the first, um, yeah. when we did we talked about the first film. But it's funny because you kind of forget that he has siblings, anyways. Yeah, it, because the, the, you know they weren't in very many scenes. Like in the first movie, they were just in kind of like the first part and the end of the movie and but but they're the thing is is they're uh you know they're they're good characters both of them are good characters and yeah. uh, mark mcclure also some of you may uh recognize him uh from another uh really famous movie franchise uh superman because he played jimmy olsen yes. in the uh christopher reeve oh my uh, superman I, franchise yeah. i honestly did not put the two together uh but now that you've said that i'm like oh oh yeah. But yeah, it's a, we definitely definitely shouldn't have, shouldn't have forgotten them. They are a part of the movie, you know. They're not they're not you know they are significant you know to the story. They're not mm -hmm. uh, just throwaway characters. But anyway, they they do uh, make a little appearance in this as well. So so part three, uh, there's a very good reason why part three was released in such close proximity to part two because if you remember, part two was released in November of 1989. So you know we're talking about six months you know in between each movie mm -hmm. well they filmed parts two and three back to back uh it was like over an 11 month period that they shot both movies with only like a three-week break in between filming on each so mm. that's pretty intense yeah um filming movies back to back uh now that is a very stressful thing um, that means a, a bigger schedule. You know, you're you're probably filming for longer, um, and uh, unprecedented. Um, it can be unprecedented, anyways. Yeah. Um, I'm not for sure if Back to the Future was the first one to do that. I'm I'm pretty sure there was a couple of others. Actually, uh, actually, if I think back to Superman, I think they filmed some of Superman true, two together. Yes. Yeah. Because because originally. Back to back. Um, 
originally Richard Donner was supposed to direct Superman 2. Yes, and so he had decided to film both movies back-to-back, and then, of course, they fired him, brought in uh, Richard Lester to finish the movie. He reshot some scenes, mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah. but, and so, but most of Richard Donner's uh, version survived, which eventually, later on, they did release the Richard Donner cut. Much of, better cut, Super- honestly. Yes, yes it is. Um, uh, so, yeah, so it wasn't the first... Um, you know, movie to do that, but but, but one of, it, one of the first. There weren't, you know, like I said, there weren't there many weren't before that, many, that, yeah. that that did that. Yeah, and then afterwards, you get one that did three at the same time, Lord of the Rings, right? And, and some of those make sense, man. Yeah. And, and uh, I think Harry Potter did that a lot too, because especially mm. if you're starting with younger actors, like if they're kids when you start out. You know, you can't let them like age too much if they're supposed to be within relatively the same time yeah. frame. You know, it's like you don't I mean, want them to start going through puberty and everything when they're supposed to be. That know, actually kids. reminds me of something that that was uh, brought to my attention about. Now this is off topic, but it's it's relevant in the fact that we're talking about age difference. You know, aged up actors mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, James Cameron had. He's working on the Avatar sequels, right? He's he's making several more Avatar sequels, right? And he has uh, kids involved in them. So what he did is he filmed all the scenes with the kids as they were then. All those scenes were filmed for you know future movies and everything like that, so that uh, you know he gets he gets them at the right age for that scene mm-hmm. and everything there's no continuity errors or whatever with you know aged up actors or whatever and he doesn't have to do the de-aging because yeah. uh so, sometimes that's really it just weird. kind of uh, you know unless it's done de-aging really well it's it, really it, weird it kind of uh you know cheapens the look of the film i think but yeah uh it chapter two they, they de-aged the kids in there because they are now grown up and everything. right so yeah sometimes there can be a little uh hmm, a lot of activity going on out there um but yeah so you know it's with a movie like that it's interesting because obviously the director had intentions of making more movies so he could do that he could go ahead and and film those scenes and then save them for a future you know sequel in this case of course as we know uh, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale had no intentions of making uh, a sequel to Back to the Future. So, uh, if I recall, I think I think when they wrote the sequel, I, I, I think that the events of Part Two and Part Three were originally one script. It was going to be one movie. So mm-hmm. they were literally going to go from 1985 to 2015 back to alternate 1985 and then to 1955 and finally to 1885 all in the same movie but wow. it be, but it became apparent to them that obviously this movie was going to be way too long and it was going to be you know impossible to to you know it was going to be too much to fit into one movie so then they decided to split it into two and i think that's why they filmed them back to back because they they originally had intentions of doing it all as one film they're like nope let's split it let's take a break in between take a few weeks off and then you know go back and you know film the rest of it and i think it worked out much better that way, splitting it into because because now it made it into a trilogy, and yeah. it really is stands up perfectly as a trilogy. I think you know as as we'll um, you know find out here. I, I think they wrap things up pretty nicely, and I think they conclude uh, you know the trilogy very well. Um, so yeah, the you know uh, 
a lot of people uh, have mixed feelings about the third movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know some people that mm-hmm. say it's they think it's the worst uh, in the trilogy. You know, they they can't stand it for whatever reason. I like part three myself. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I like about it. It, uh, you know, it, it for one thing, it kind of gets away uh, from the special effects aspect of the movies a little bit. Not that yeah. the special effects weren't great because they were. They were all, I mean, they were revolutionary for for their time. But it was it was nice to sort of get away from that a little bit. And so there's a little bit. It's it's a little bit more focused on on story and a practical. Uh, just action, you know, sequences and yeah. things like that. I mean, it's a Western, pretty much. I mean, you know, and and, and I like Westerns. I like uh, that style of uh, of movie. It uh, it it's. I, I believe it's every actor's dream uh, to be in a Western. Yeah, and I think I think the cast really enjoyed it too. I mean, they mm-hmm. you know Didn't, they taught them uh, all how to ride horses, and uh, I think they taught. Tom Wilson, how to uh, yeah. you know how to how to rope, you know how to you know swing a lasso. You can tell or, that everyone's having fun with this one. Yeah, uh, I think they're having more fun with this one than they were even the second one. To be honest with you. Oh yeah. Uh, you can definitely tell it on uh, Tom Wilson's face. He's really enjoying that role. You know, even though he's still playing a dick. Yeah. He's. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. Uh, and and I could be I could be wrong about this, but but I think a lot of the actors who worked in the movies, I think the majority of them cited the third one as their favorite. I, I could think be even wrong Michael about J. That. Fox has but, said that too. Yeah. I, I think he I, I seem to recall him saying that he really lo- wanted to be in a western for a long time, and yeah. then he got to do that with that one. So he's so but, he yeah. had a lot of fun with that. I, I, well, with the exception of getting hung in that one scene, yeah. um, and. Uh, he, and actually, I believe he mentions this in his uh, first uh, book. He's he's written three uh, memoirs now, uh, and in his first one called Lucky Man, I seem to recall that he mentioned because it wasn't long after that. It was about a year after that that he started showing signs of Parkinson's disease. It started with a little tremor in his uh, pinky finger. Was how he noticed it. It just wouldn't stop shaking he was like in his hotel room or something one night and you know noticed it but i think he mentioned in that book and again i could be wrong because i haven't read it in a while uh but uh, i think he mentioned that that scene where uh buford tannen tries to hang marty it, like when i guess when you do a, a hanging scene in a movie you're supposed to rig up the noose in a way that you're supposed to leave just enough space for you to be able to squeeze your arm in be- your hand in between the rope and your neck, mm-hmm. you know, so that it's not, you know, legitimately like cutting off your your circulation, your uh, oxygen. But I, I believe he he speculated that because they because the first time they did like two uh, two cuts of that scene. The, or for two takes, I mean. The first take, I guess something, you know, went wrong. And so when they shot the second take, there was something wrong with the noose or whatever. And so it was actually, like, choking him legitimately. And it was, you know, it, had, it was already starting to cut off uh, the oxygen supply to his brain. You know, before they yelled cut, you know, figured out what was going on. 
and I and I think he speculated that because he was because it was he was up there for longer than he should have been yeah. choking that that obviously that Parkinson's disease contributed yeah, to it. is a neurological uh, disease and that that could have been the thing that that triggered the Parkinson's you know we, we don't know but yeah um, it's, it's hard to say yeah uh, but it, interesting you know to think that yeah. you know could have could have very easily you know his his you know battle with Parkinson's could have been could have been started you know with with that just that little you know mishap but who, yeah. who really knows um but no, it's just it's you know to me it's it's a it's just a fun movie. Uh, you know I think it's really uh, enjoyable to watch and and they kind of poke fun at the western genre a little bit because mm-hmm. you know in the beginning uh, Doc dresses Marty in this really outlandish. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He dresses him up in this little getup that's like a it's an awful looking thing. He's like. I don't know, he's Doc. Like, this doesn't look right. Yeah, he's like he's like Clint Eastwood would never wear anything like this. And he's Clint like, who? Clint who? It's like, oh, that's right. You haven't heard of him yet. And the thing was, was Clint Eastwood was only just starting to, you know, become known. At, I I think I think the TV series Rawhide, which is what really like yeah. uh, brought him into the public eye. I want to say that that. I think that did come out in 1955, but maybe it was a little bit later in 55 or something. So, uh, but but it was just funny because westerns that were made, you know, up to that time, and you know, you know in like the 1940s and 50s, and uh, you know, they they were not authentic. You know, it's yeah. like they they wore these uh, cowboys. You know, that's what what's what Hollywood thought. A cowboy was supposed to look like and they would wear these really you know bright uh colored outfits with a lot of fringe and and mm-hmm. uh you know big shiny belt buckles and and uh it, it it was totally like it was just a costuming thing but it, they weren't going for i guess authenticity and so there was so that was the joke there was that you know like because that's what he'd seen on tv you know doc thought this is what this is of course this is authentic you know this is what you know cowboys you know wore back then uh but then of course once you know marty goes back to 1885 then they go for more of the traditional you know the authentic the funny, western look the funny scene the funny thing is is that he throws away the boots when the, he he traveled he's like right. oh he's still still wearing his he's, nikes you yeah. know even though doc warned him you know it's like it's like marty you can't wear those futuristic things uh you know, in 1885, you shouldn't even be wearing them here in 1955. And he's like, don't worry, Doc. I'll put them on as soon as I get there. And he doesn't even get the chance to. He doesn't to. get the chance to. And, and, and honestly, even the it didn't matter what Doc said because his the way he dresses him in is still not right either. Right. Uh, um, but uh, going back, it, like uh, the scene that, uh, that prompts them to send him back to the future to the Wild West, of course, as we mentioned, was Doc was... The end, transported. Of, the end of part two, yeah. He was uh, and, uh, accidentally transported to 1885 because lightning struck the DeLorean. And, yeah, and he actually says in the letter, he says, do not come back for me. Yeah, yeah, he didn't want Marty to come back. He was, he was actually, he was perfectly happy. You know, he had been, mm-hmm. when he wrote Marty the letter, he had already been living in Hill Valley, 1885, for yeah. like eight months. So he had set himself up as a blacksmith and... And you know he was doing great. He loved it. He loved living in the old west. So except two days later, after you sent that letter, he gets shot he gets in the shot. back. Yeah, which 
which they discover, um, you know, when when Doc writes Marty the letter, he tells them that he's uh, stored the DeLorean away in an abandoned uh, mine shaft uh, yeah. near near an old. Uh, it's like Boot Hill Cemetery, like an old you know Western uh, cemetery. So uh, so Marty and the 1955 Doc go and uncover the DeLorean and. Um, make some repairs to it and kind of rig up uh, uh, because the time circuits got destroyed in the lightning strikes. So Doc had to rig up some new time circuits uh, using materials that he had there in 1955 and uh, basically rigged up this thing on the hood of the DeLorean. And uh, and so uh, Doc sends, you know, like, you know, Marty's like, you know, despite Doc's wishes, he's like, you know, I can't, I can't leave him you know, back in, you know, 1885. And yeah. so he, so he, you know, gets 1955 doc to help him, you know, send him back to 1885. You, and, even 1955 doc is like, I don't want that life. Go ahead and save my butt. There. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so there is some great stuff there. Like, um, they, they send Marty back. Uh, they go to this old, uh, drive-in movie theater and it's uh, it's out in Monument Valley in California, which is this. It was used a lot, like back in the day, for filming westerns and everything. It has such a great look to it. You have all these big bluffs and cliffs and everything, and and the dirt kind of has this like red. It's like a red clay, uh, you know, kind of. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, I and think it's a really film. cool looking place i think they film scenes for that when uh, they have like a mars scene also yeah um it's great for desert scenes and and westerns and, and stuff like that and so yeah. so the drive-in the movie theater screen has this uh, uh artwork uh, adorning it with all these indians yeah. on horseback and, and it, it, it is a funny line that that marty gives he's like Man, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to r- drive right into those Indians in, yeah. in there. And, and Doc's like, "Oh, those Indians won't be there." Yeah, don't he's worry like, about it. he's like, you know, he's like, he's like Marty. He's like, you're you're, you're not, not thinking, thinking fourth, fourth dimensionally. Fourth dimensionally. Yeah. yeah, he's like, he's like, by the time you you know hit that screen, those Indians won't even be there. And you know, Marty kind of has his doubts or whatever. And then you know, and, and then of course when he does, like right before he hits the movie screen, he hits 88 miles an hour. And as soon as he passes that point, there are real Indians on horseback <laughs> charging towards him. And uh, so that was just a hilarious uh, joke there. And, yeah. and so he's so he, he's running from the Indians. He finds a cave, uh, and he hides the DeLorean in the cave. And well, then, the cavalry comes around after right. the Indians, too. And, and, yeah. uh, and then he runs into a bear uh, in the cave. Uh, which is what causes him to forget his boots. He was going to put his boots on, but then he throws them over his shoulder to distract the the bear, yeah. and uh, ends up falling down a hill and running into a fence and knocking himself unconscious, which puts him into the care of uh, what would turn out to be his great great grandparents, yeah. Seamus and Maggie McFly. Yeah, so they they have these Irish accents and everything and. And I'm, I'm not going to attempt to do an Irish accent well, there. It's, they were doing the best yeah, they could, they, too. They, yeah, it's not quite... It's not great. It, it, it's, it's not it's, great. It's, 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 prob- it's probably just like what I did just there. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not, not exactly perfect. Yeah. But, uh, but 
it, it uh, so again it presents them with an opportunity to repeat a gag that has been in all three movies where Marty wakes up in bed uh, with either his mom or in this case someone who is uh, is a great, uh, an great ancestor but she, but he, but yeah. she looks like uh, his mom yeah so and he, he, she says that at this point he, she says well you're all right now I'm back on the McFly farm McFly, it's like, McFly, McFly farm. farm yeah and he's, uh, then he's like he's like you're my you're my who are you? <laughs> <laughs> You're my, my, who yeah. are you? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, so, so, again, some, some, uh, they find ways to, new ways to do, uh, old gags, uh, in this movie. That's what I wanted to say is, is that the funny thing about this is that even if they're not doing a gag, they're, they will reinterpret things mm-hmm. from the previous movies. And it's, it's just like that old saying, um, you you know it right? Um, history repeats itself, right? And the, and these movies uh, really uh, play on that a lot, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's this notion that that these events, certain events, keep cycling uh, throughout history in slightly different ways. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, and I'm I'm jumping forward here. I just just before I forget it, I'm, I got to mention it. Uh, the scene where he he builds the the the. Oh, the the model. The model, yeah. yes. Yes, he even says it again. He's like, I, I didn't have time to paint it or put it up to scale. Or Please excuse. The, right, the crudity of this model. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Actually, I think it was, no, it was Marty, actually, that said at that time. He, he said, Oh, he, he, he interrupts like, him right He after. interrupts yeah, him. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, I know, I know, Doc. It's not built to scale. It's okay. You know, so it's like he knows Doc so well that he knows exactly what, you know, yeah. what he's thinking, what he's going to say. But, you know, but Doc's been busy, you know, since he's been, uh, you know, in the Old West. You know, he's, he's a blacksmith. He's been inventing things. He actually, you know, invents a, a very early refrigerator. Yeah. You know, it's like this just giant, you know, contraption that takes up like half the room. And, uh, you know, he's like turning all these like wheels and stuff and, and, uh, and like whistles are going off and... You know, and he's like, he's like, quick, quick, Marty, turn that handle or whatever. And so he goes, he goes through this whole business, and then it just spits out one uh, little ice cube. You know, <laughs> and he's, you know, puts it in his glass, and he's like, you know, iced tea. And then, and then Marty realizes like, it's a refrigerator. You know, so see, so he's, he's, he, he can't resist inventing things even when he's, uh, you know, in 1885. Now here's the funny thing. And here's the funny thing. I realize I say this. Here's the funny thing a lot. Or here's the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. That, I guess that's my catchphrase. <laughs> um, but here's the funny thing. So he's on to Marty about, you know, causing implications to the future and everything. He builds a refrigerator. Yeah. And uh, he, you, you see where I'm going. Yeah, with he's that. doing yeah. all this. He, I mean, because, and that, that's sort of the whole, um, you know, the the main theme or whatever the plot of this movie is is that ultimately you know doc spend all this time trying to warn marty against you know doing things that could you know that could change the space-time continuum and affect your future and everything but doc is doing throughout this movie he's doing exactly that he's following his heart instead of you know following his his logical mind you know he even invents a he invents a uh a rifle 
or with a, or invents a, a scope, like a high-powered scope, which didn't exist in those days. And now it's commonplace. You can get these, you know, scopes that, you know, that uh, magnify uh, your vision so you can hit targets from much farther away. So he was doing, he was doing things back then uh, already that, you know, wouldn't become commonplace until, you know, uh, the next, you know, couple of centuries. Uh, but so so Marty, you know, obviously goes back to 1885 rescue doc. They run into all kinds of problems. Uh, they uh, he runs into uh, Buford Tannen, uh, nicknamed uh, Mad Dog, because Mad of, Dog. <laughs> yeah, it's like I hate that name. I hate you hear? That. I hate it. Nobody calls me Mad Dog, especially not some duded up egg sucking gutter trash. <laughs> that that's the thing I love there. He he uh, when he runs into the, uh, when he runs into Buford Dannon he uh, Buford Dannon says uh, what he mistakes him for for Seamus, uh, Seamus. yeah because he because says, because yeah. Seamus had given Marty one of his hats it's like a derby it's like derby style yeah. hat yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a very goofy looking hat <laughs> he's like he's like hey McFly and Marty turns around he's like I thought I told you never to come in here hey you ain't Seamus McFly you look like him though. Especially with that dog ugly hat. Now, what's the thing with the Buford, the, the Tannins always bullying McFlies? I don't know. Again, it's like a, it's it's like a generational curse or whatever yeah. you want to call it. But it's that whole history repeating itself. It's like they've yeah. just had this rivalry between Tannins and McFlies for, uh, for you know, generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he but, he has some really good. Tom Wilson has some really great stuff uh, in this I, movie. Yeah, I really like, I really love him in this one. Now he he calls him dude. He says dude a lot. Now, dude, is dude and, and runt. Yeah, you know. dude and runt. Uh, dude. Dude is the one that I'm kind of hooked on, though, because that kind of that kind of throws me out. But I think it's supposed to, anyway. Uh, I don't know if they've actually said dude in the Old West. Did they actually say dude in the Old West? I don't know. I think I think it does. I, I think that term does actually go back that does far. Really? We, we think of... We think of dude as being more like associated with a surfer, and, yes, surfer like type 80s, lingo. 80s but stuff, I think it actually yeah. did because there, because you've heard of like, um, you've heard of like dude ranches and mm. and stuff yeah. like that. I think it was a cowboy term. Uh, you know, it's like a dude was sort of like a a euphemism for a stranger. You know, somebody that was new in town. You know, mm. it's like you know. It's like that. I guess. I guess it's one of those words where it meant something different than it does today. Yeah. Kind of like uh, there's a deleted scene in uh, the first Back of the Future where uh, now this might be a controversial deleted scene. I think you know which scene I'm talking about. Where he, uh, where Marty's like, "What if I end up being uh, talking to Doc?" He's like, "What if I end up being gay?" And then uh, have you seen? Oh right, yeah. yeah. I, I totally yeah. forgotten about that hey, deleted at, scene. At, uh, at uh, Doc Brown, he's like, "And why shouldn't you be happy?" Right, yeah, I do. I now I remember that. Yeah, it's like, and you can look back on it now, and you can understand why they, uh, you know, left that that out. I mean, even though, even yeah. though back then it wasn't, they weren't nearly as concerned with political correctness as they are nowadays. Yeah, but it's still, I think it was a wise, it was a wise choice. I think that would have. Probably would have. I think it would have changed the tone and the dynamic of the movie a little bit. Yeah, because because uh, Marty generally that that kind of seems kind of mean spirited in a way, especially nowadays. Yeah. Saying that kind of line, but anyways, 
back to uh, part three. Yeah. So, uh, so in the midst of Marty, you know, trying to rescue Doc, they they because at the beginning of the movie, when they after they uncover the DeLorean in the cemetery, yeah. they discover a, a headstone with Doc's name on it and showing right, that he right. was that he was shot. Uh, by Buford Tannen, and you know, over over a matter of of just eighty dollars, and that uh, that this woman named Clara Clayton, I guess, had you know paid for Doc's headstone and everything, and you know, and they're like, you know, uh, you know who, you know, Marty's like, like who the hell is Clara, you know? So they're trying to figure this out, like, you know, where, you know, who is this woman, and why was she involved in Doc's life? And it, and not long after that, they learn that Clara Clayton is uh, a new school teacher uh, coming into town mm-hmm. uh, to teach school. You know, at, at you know the, at the Hill Valley, I guess, yeah, um, high school or, or the funny, whatever. The, the, the funny thing is, is that uh, Doc he says, "I don't have time." Like this is before uh, they meet Clara, and Doc is like, "Oh, I don't have time for for love or anything." Right. A, a guy like me, no. no yeah, he's no. like he's like more or less like I'm a scientist, like. The idea of me getting involved in such a relationship, you know, in this time period, it's just ridiculous. And then the next thing you know, here comes the mayor announcing her arrival. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they happen onto her by accident. It's she, her, uh, a snake, she's, you know, she's... Uh, a snake startles one of her horses yeah. while she's on a carriage. Yeah, and she's, uh, you know, she's out of control or whatever. Doc and Marty, you know, see her and, and go running after her. And, and uh, you know, Doc, you know, rescues her and her, her buckboard, you know, goes off the cliff and, and, you know, crashes into a million pieces. And then, of course, you know, he learns her name and they realize, you know, holy crap, like, we may have just seriously altered history here she was supposed to go over that cliff and die because the, they were supposed the to name the ravine to, the after ravine after yeah. yeah it was it, it was uh, and, and the <laughs> they, they were looking at a map and they're yeah. like you know when they were later on when they're plotting how they're going to get marty back to 1985 and they're looking at a map and he's like you know it's like oh this is curious it's like this uh He's like, on this map, it's called uh, Shonash Ravine. It was supposed to be Clayton Ravine. He's like, this must be the old Indian name for it. And then later on, it dawns on them that, oh, that was supposed to be supposed to be her. And yeah. So it sets off this whole, you know, thing of, you know, uh, did did they just, you know, completely like, you know, ruin you know history by saving her life? Yeah. And, like Doc Brown's all distraught. He's like, I have ruined the timeline. I have done it. Yeah. But he falls in love with her. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I liked about this movie uh, compared to the others is that it uh, it gives Doc like even more to do, and we see a different side of him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's it, really if you think about it, his his personality is a little bit different in this movie compared to the other two. He's, uh, he's I feel not, like he's more um, he's more human. Yeah, he's more human. He's more confident. You know, in, yeah. in the sense that he he has a different I don't know. He has a different swagger about him. He has a different air about him he finds someone that connects with him on a personal level yeah uh, that understands him on that level like they both fall in love with each other uh and they love jules verne Mm -hmm. they love uh science fiction and and just science in general uh astrology you know all those things and uh so he really connects with her and you know and and 
you know, at first he decides that he wants to stay in 1885 to be with her. And Marty convinces him that, like, you know, it's like, Doc, you know, you're a scientist. You know, it's like more or less you have to, you know, you need to, to think with your head and not with your heart. You know, like, what's the right thing to do up here? And eventually Doc agrees and he's like, you know, you're right. I can't, I can't take a chance on, you know, I've already potentially uh, seriously affected the space-time continuum. I can't afford to, to do that anymore. So he, you know, breaks things off, you know, with Claire. And, of course, she's devastated. She te- uh, he tells her the truth, too. Yeah, he does. He te- you know, she, she basically begs him. You know, she's like, don't, basically don't treat me like a child. Just tell me the, tell me the truth. And, and he tells her, you know, I came here from the year 1985. I invented a time machine, all this kind of stuff. And then she, she feels like he's just making excuses at that point because it sounds so ridiculous. She's like, you could have just told me that you didn't love me and didn't want to see me anymore. That would have been better than giving me this, you know, this huge uh, story. And he's like, but, you know, that's the truth. But that's, that's not true. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, another big part of the story here is trying to figure out how they're going to get Marty back to 1985. Because when Marty was running from the Indians, one of them hits the DeLorean with an arrow and, and, yeah, and, and hits rips the, gas the, line. the fuel line. The fuel line. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Marty's not thinking what time period he's in. He's like, oh, we can just get some, pour some gas in there, you know, and we'll... Uh, or, or no, he forgets about the gas aspect because he thinks that, you know, uh, that the DeLorean, you know, runs on, you know, because uh, Doc, you know, in part two, it had, had come up with that uh, Mr. Fusion idea, which was supposed to replace the plutonium. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and then Doc explains to him that, well, Mr. Fusion powers the time circuits and the flux capacitor, but the internal combustion engine, you know, has always run on gasoline, always will. And this is 1885. It's you can't get gasoline, and yeah. so they have to figure out how in the world are they going to, you know, to get the, you know, they have to be able to get the DeLorean up to 88 uh, miles per hour, and right. so they try, they try pulling it with horses. They like they hook up like six horses to it, and then, you know, it, it only gets Obviously, up to about, you know, like maybe like 40, 40 miles, miles an hour or something hour, yeah. like that, and and then he's like, well, you know, maybe we can. You know, maybe we can uh, roll it down a steep hill. And he's like, no, you'd never get a steep enough surface. It's like, oh, I have it. We'll, we'll wait till winter the, when the lake freezes over. And then Marty's well, like, Doc, you're going to get shot on Monday. You yeah. know, and he's like, okay, okay, let's just think about this logically. He's like, if we, we he's like, we, we know it won't. They even tried pouring some whiskey in the gas tank. And the gas tank, or the uh, whiskey was so strong it that it actually blew, blew the fuel injection manifold. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, so we know, we know the DeLorean won't run on, under its own power. We know we can't pull it. But what if we could push it up to 88 miles per hour? And right just at that as moment, he says that, the train, train comes into the station yeah. in the background. So, that, so they get the idea, okay, they're going, they have this elaborate plan where they're going to hijack yeah, talk the, to the, train, the next um, train that comes in and uh, you know, unhook all the cars uh, from it. And yeah. they, there's a... There's a a straight uh, stretch of track you know they have to use the switch track and uh, because the because when they talked to one of the engineers you know they were asking like you know what's the fastest you've ever gotten you know a train up to and and you know he tells them and then it's like you know have you ever gotten you, know, you think one could do like maybe 90 and he's like 90 you know, it's like what in tarnation would you ever be in such a hurry for but then he explains to him he's like well if you had a straight uh, you know a straight stretch of track you know with a level grade and you could get the fire hot enough 
then you know maybe you can you know you can reach you know speeds like that so then doc comes up with this idea he invents these basically his version of presto logs yeah and each one uh there's like three of them and each one burns at a different temperature and it basically just it, it you know kicks up the the boiler pressure and you know will cause in theory cause the you know locomotive to run faster right and uh so that's the plan it's like they're going to you know uh push the you know they he outfits the delorean with uh like rail car wheels it's like we're just gonna we're gonna push it and uh, of course the the there's a point you know where the the bridge, the bridge isn't finished. Yeah, the bridge is not finished, and of course, Marty's like, "Well, this is not going to work." He's like, "You know, I'm going to go plummet right off, you know, the the edge, you know, of the of the track and in the ravine." And 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 of course, you know, <laughs> Doc reminds him again. He's like, "It's like Marty, you're not thinking not fourth, think fourth dimensionally." And he's like, uh, "He's like, yeah, by the time yeah. so if you yeah, hit, I can hear it get that a lot." Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's like if you, if you hit 88 miles an hour before you hit the edge of the ravine, when you get to 1985, you know, you'll you'll go safely across the the finished bridge yeah so uh so so that's that's the you know the the main you know part of the story but obviously as always in any back to the future movies there are things that interfere interfere. with that Mm -hmm. and they end up cutting it really close uh like the big spot there because obviously marty has interfered with the the part that uh that uh doc brown might get shot and yeah. uh, it's actually shown that, like, he brought a little picture of the um, the tombstone, the tombstone, and Doc Brown's uh, name vanishes. It's it's now empty, but it's not like he's like, oh, the future's changing. He's like, but the tombstone is still there, meaning it may not be my name. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so uh, Marty's hot-headedness might have earned him the spot. Yep. The yep. whole chicken line. Yep, the whole thing about people think, thinking of him as a coward mm-hmm. uh, really kind of gets him into trouble yeah. in these movies. And, you know, he has a run-in with, with Beaver Tannen, so now Beaver Tannen's kind of like, he's kind of forgotten all about, yeah, and about they, Doc. And there's another mortal, uh, mortal uh, moral, not mortal, moral. Uh, uh, thing there where um, Seamus actually tells him he's like you know you can't let people get under your skin you know and you know just go with it because he because Seamus's brother got you know got stabbed in a saloon for that exact reason because Mm -hmm. people were always trying to provoke him into fights and he didn't want to be thought of as coward and so so Buford uh talks you know marty into you know meeting him outside the saloon on the day that doc and marty are supposed to go back uh, to the future mm-hmm. and you know it's classic you know uh, showdown you know uh, that, that you marty, see in westerns yeah, so much marty of course thinking that they're going to be gone by then not right going to ditch him and everything yeah is. he's like uh you know, he tells him he's like, uh, he's like, what? He's like, what are we gonna meet at high noon? And you know, and Buford's like, he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, I, he's like, I do my killing before breakfast, seven o'clock. And Marty's is, like, eight, eight o'clock. o'clock. <laughs> I do my killing after breakfast. <laughs> and, and and Doc is like, what are you doing, Marty? You know, he's like, he's like, we're, you know, he's like, are you forgetting? Uh, and he's he's like. Doc, he's like, he's like, we're gonna be, we're gonna be long gone by by eight o'clock, and he's like, yeah, in theory, he's like, what if the train is late, 
you know. And so then Marty right. has this realization, like, well, wait a minute, we well, we didn't we didn't talk about this. <laughs> and uh, but uh, but you know, in true Back to the Future fashion, there's all these things that happen, like right at the climax of the movie, and making you wonder is is Marty going to make it back because Doc. Yeah, he even uh, says he, in there. He says, "Why do we have to cut it so close?" Yeah, it's like like Doc uh, after you know, breaking up after with after breaking uh, up with Clara goes to the saloon and and uh, after only taking one shot of whiskey, he passes out. Yep, yeah, just one shot. That man can't hold his liquor. Yeah, they're, they're so they're trying Let's to wake some. Wake they're up trying juice. to wake. They're trying to wake him up, uh, and then Buford shows up early to the mm-hmm. saloon. It's like before eight o'clock, and calls him out and uh you know he he uh he marty comes up with this brilliant idea which he stole from uh, a clint eastwood movie and that's the thing too i meant to yeah, mention like this in movie. part two part two they they set up a whole bunch of things like one back to the future when they went to 2015 there was this part where uh, they actually show that marty mcfly has a has a good shot because he plays that game. Right, plays yeah. that, that, that the arcade game. The so arcade yeah. game, and that comes into full circle, and that's how he ends up getting the gun in the wild. Biff, Biff is Biff, watching. Biff is uh, I think watching. It's, uh, it's he's he's watching one of the old Clint Eastwood it, movies. It's I part. Think, it's part of that trilogy of the, uh, the man with no name movies. It yeah. might be the good, the bad, and the ugly. I can't remember which one he's watching, but yeah, uh, but he's watching that in the in the hot tub, and so that that is sort of foreshadowing because. Uh, because Marty takes the idea from that movie where he uh, he finds a the uh, takes a door off of one of those old like potbelly stoves mm-hmm. and puts it under his uh, his like uh, what do you call it? It's like a it's like a serape, like a wrap, yeah, you know, like a little poncho thing, yeah. yeah. And uh, and you know he he meets Tannen in the streets, and you know they're they're supposed to have a you know have a shootout. But Marty takes his gun off, and you know, and tells, uh, tells Buford, he's, tells like, he's like, he's like, I thought we could settle this like men. And he's like, You thought wrong, dude. And then he shoots him like right in the chest. Of course, Marty goes down. Biff goes or, uh, or Mad Dog goes over up there. To, it's like to a little inspect <laughs> his uh, inspect his his work, yeah, and uh, and then Marty kicks the gun out of his hand, jumps up, and. You know, Mad Dog goes to punch him, and, and you know, and hits the, you know, you know, hits the, uh, yeah. the, and then you know, and then Marty lifts up his, uh, his, uh, um, poncho there and reveals the the stove door underneath, and it's basically like a makeshift bulletproof vest. And then and he smacks successfully, him in the head, and then, uh, yeah, punches him a few times, knocks him into him in a, a tombstone, and then. Uh, the tombstone's gone, and then he lands into a big pile of shit. Yep. That's where uh, tannins are always meant to end up, apparently. It's in a big, big pile of shit. You know, and then he repeats <laughs> that line. So it's like, I, I hate manure. manure. <laughs> and, uh, Officer, or Officer Strickland, uh, Marshall Strickland. Marshall yeah. Strickland comes up and, and then the gang. Get him out of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> And then the uh, Buford's uh, gang is like, I think he's going to jail. And they run out. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Clara uh, overhears a conversation on you know she's 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 bought a one way ticket 
to California. She's wanting to get as far away from Hill Valley as uh, as or, uh, no, or San Francisco is what it was, because Hill Valley is already in California. Uh, but she wants to get as far away from Hill Valley as possible after what happened with Doc. But then she overhears uh, a conversation from another guy on the train who was in the saloon with Doc, and realizes how much he was, you know, in love with her. So she goes running, running after him. Uh, you know, finds the empty uh, blacksmith shop and finds the little uh, model of the DeLorean that says Time Machine on it. And then she realizes, oh, he really was telling the truth. And she goes to try to catch the catch the train. You know, Marty and Doc are already like well on their way towards you know going back to 1985. And, <laughs> oh, and uh, that she, is a little bit of a funny scene. Like it is like the train like they put the those logs, logs in, in there, it's, it's it starts going up. faster and faster she's and, getting knocked over all the way and she, she just she says, really has golly a, yeah she, that's all she says it's like golly it's like I, you know nowadays it would be, <laughs> be something completely different that would probably come out of her mouth but uh but yeah so you know big ending there it's like there's so much going on you know it's like you know clara jumps on board the train and doc you know decides that he's going to take her you know with them and Mm -hmm. uh and but she barely makes it out i mean she almost dies in the process nearly you know falls uh, off the train and uh martin throws the hoverboard over to doc saves him ends up getting on the hoverboard and saves both of them and and uh, and then marty successfully you know you know reaches 88 miles an hour and and you know goes goes back into into the future and the locomotive you know careens, careens off the into the uh ravine and a big mm-hmm. explosion and cool yeah. thing about that was was oh yeah they, it, they didn't it look great it i did. mean it did it looked amazing uh and I, i'd say that's like that's probably just models isn't it it was it was it was most of that was done with uh, at least for the the uh the crash and and stuff like that mm-hmm. was done with miniatures but but it looks so good that and because when I was a kid when I saw that I thought that they really really threw a, a train real locomotive I'm like yeah. that's pretty pretty awesome I didn't find out until years later when I watched a documentary that 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 was a, a miniature it was still a big you know when you think miniature we're not talking like Hot Wheel size I mean it was probably you know I don't probably know like like that big maybe. you know it was you know it was probably about i don't know maybe it was probably about three or four three or four feet oh three high. or four feet yeah high. i mean it was oh. it was big i mean that's it was really, really it was really big which makes sense because you know that's probably and when you you know film it uh you know in slow motion and everything and and with the rigging up the explosives and and all that mm. that scale i think really made it look more like a you know like a, a real, real train. train yeah uh so Marty's uh, goes back into the future, and it's uh, he's on a train tracks. Uh, you see that now. I didn't think of it this first. I, I think it was meant to be like a, a funny at first moment because the 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 uh, the rails or whatever that yeah the know, the gates the gates yeah, end up closing come and down and as he's rolling down. And at first, my brain's like, oh, that's funny. It, it registered that he was on the right no. no there then another train uh starts coming right towards him and he barely makes it out of the delorean in time before it just crashes right into the door and it just explodes in like millions of pieces and so 
So, uh, sadly, Doc kind of gets his wish because he has a, a line in the movie, you know, about wanting to destroy the time machine. He says, you know, I wish I'd never invented that infernal machine. It's caused nothing but disaster. And so, so they do succeed in uh, destroying uh, the DeLorean. So, no more time travel adventures for Doc or Marty, or uh, so we think. Uh, yeah. Marty goes and picks up uh, his girlfriend, Jennifer, who's still asleep on her porch where they left her in, in part two. Wakes her up, you know, takes her for a ride in his new truck, you know, that he got in the first movie. And Needles pulls up again. Needles shows up and uh, challenges him to a drag race, which is which is supposed to be the drag race that Marty injures himself in and basically kind of kind of ruins his career, ruins his life or whatever. Uh, because he, you know, let somebody talk him into into um, you know, his, uh, racing, and he cr- and he crashed into a Rolls Royce. But so. his uh, uh, time in the Wild West and everything that, learning from his mistakes of you know letting people get to him and everything, he's like, yep, he, and, he fakes the fakes it and yeah. starts driving he, backwards. Yeah, he drives backwards and and needles and his gang, you know, uh, nearly nearly hit, uh, hit Rolls the Royce. Rolls Royce, and then Marty realized like he's like, holy shit, it's like. If I would have if I would have raced him, you know, I would have hit that Rolls Royce. And then, you know, he he takes or uh, Jennifer takes out the yeah, the, 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 the facts that, that says I'm you're fired on it and it, and it disappears. And it so so Marty has changed his life for the better just by that one, you know, wise decision. And I think that's really kind of the moral of uh, you know of yeah. The, the movies. They, they go like, back to the, the train tracks and she shows her that it wasn't a dream or anything like that. It really did happen. And then all of a sudden, something weird happens. Yeah. The uh, the gates the gates on the railroad track, you know, at the railroad crossing start coming down again. And Marty and Jennifer are like, they're, they look one way down the track. They look the other way. And there's, there's, like, no, there's train no train coming. What? And then all this? of a sudden, this big flash of light uh you know knocks them on their butts and uh and we see uh, a uh a very weird very yeah looking, looking train, train uh that uh we discover is uh, is a new time machine that doc built uh while he's been he's been living you know at this point he's been living uh back in 1885 or in the old west at least uh, for many years and uh, comes back at that point in time to uh, to visit Marty, and uh, and he's been a little busy. Doc's been a little busy. He and uh, yeah, Clara have uh, two two kids. two kids, two little boys, Jules, Jules and, and Vern. Vern. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he, uh, Marty and Doc took a little souvenir uh, photo while they were in 1885 because they had, oh, they yeah, were just constructing delivered. the clock tower, yeah, and so yeah. they had a picture taken in front of the clock. But part of it got, you know, destroyed when the when the DeLorean got destroyed, and so uh, Mark, uh, the uh, Doc, <laughs> uh, Doc, uh, I'm getting Marty and Doc. I'm combining them into one name. Uh, like Doc presents Marty with a framed uh, photo, uh, you know, of the two of them, and you know, and and then Jennifer asks uh, him about the little piece of paper like yeah she's like what does this what does this mean you know it's it's erased and he's like he's like of course it's erased he's like the future hasn't been written yet no, no one has it's your future is whatever you make of it so, so make, make it, it a, a good, good one. one and then with that you know he 
uh, closes up the the train, uh, which which then uh, uh, the wheels which is powered fold down by on steam. The, by the yeah, way, it's powered it's by powered. steam, and uh, and it you know the wheels fold down and it you know raises off the tracks and uh, and you know flies off uh, into the sunset, so to speak, and. But this time, this time, it's not a joke. You know, there's no more, no more sequels. The end. The end. Not to be continued. Not to be concluded. Uh, So we, so we know at that point that there were no plans for any further uh, Back to the Future movies. However, there's been more adventures since then. I mean, probably not canon in particular, but. Yes, just it, fun little. Actually, the, the, the you know most of them, I guess, are. Uh, you I guess you know, could consider consider it. canon. I guess you so, could. Yeah. So in the but time since other uh, other uh, forms of media. Right. So so so, um, so after uh, part three, actually not very long after part three, uh, there have been you know the the Back to the Future legacy, uh, you know, did continue uh, mm-hmm. because we got. Uh, Universal Studios Florida uh, on May 2nd, 1991, opened mm. Back to the Future, The Ride. Man, uh, which, I wish I could have ridden that. It's, it's no it, longer there anymore. It was so awesome. It, uh, it closed uh, on March 30th of 2007. Man. So it was in there for a long time, but it uh, it was replaced by the Simpsons ride. That's Ugh. what's there now. Uh, I mean, I like the Simpsons and everything, but yeah. I, I feel like I feel like it was that, so, been that was so such much a better. such a loss. And it was for and especially for its time, it was so cool. It was a virtual reality ride. Mm-hmm. So the whole um, the whole premise of the ride, it was kind of a mission based sort of thing. Uh, Doc was now working for this Institute of Future Technology. He had built, uh, as an experiment, he had built an eight-passenger DeLorean so that, you know, more people could, uh, could potentially, like, time travel. And so you, as the rider, were supposed to be uh, time travel volunteers. You had volunteered for his experiment to, you know, send this uh, new DeLorean, uh, you know, into a specified place in time. and time. And all of this is explained on uh, videos that are being played uh, throughout the while you're like waiting in line yeah and you can you and you can look this up it's on youtube you can actually watch the entire back to the future the ride experience it has all of the pre-show like videos and it Mm. shows the ride itself like yeah and so basically you know uh Biff comes along. Biff has time traveled from the year 1955. Now, is Biff actually played by Tom Wilson? Yes, Tom Wilson and uh, Christopher yeah. Lloyd are they, both they've uh, returned in these the, in these okay, videos. Cool. And uh, so he he comes to the institute, steals the real DeLorean, the original DeLorean, and so now the people who are there to you know to to uh, ride uh, the uh, attraction. Uh, have the mission doc gives them the mission that they they have to go after biff and chase him down and they have to uh they have to bump the other delorean because apparently if if there's a this thing where apparently if two time travel vehicles bump each other it it like you know sends them uh back into the i guess the time that they came from or something there was some kind of little you know contrived thing and so that's basically what you're doing is the ride is you're chasing after Biff and you're going through all these different uh, time periods. You know, you go into uh, even into like the 
the ice age and stuff like that there's you know dinosaurs you nearly like fly yeah. into a t-rex's mouth and that would have been so much fun yeah. i hate that i missed out on that and they had the delorean the eight passenger delorean uh they had it up on this like uh hydraulic arm and so it would raise off the ground and it could and it could tilt and go like up and down and everything and so that combined with the gigantic like sort of imax style you know 3d screen in front of you really made it feel like you were you were flying i mean it mm -hmm. was it was just really cool for its time and it definitely was one of the best rides that they ever had at uh, universal studios so so you had that you know can you know kind of continuing on the legacy and uh, and outside uh, the ride they actually had one of the DeLorean original DeLorean time machines from the movie. I and did see that. Uh, I did. I do remember seeing like videos of that up there. And yeah. they had the uh, the train. They had the time oh, machine. They did train have the train, was train there. too. Yeah. Oh my! And I still have pictures of that somewhere. I got Man. you know pictures uh, taken with that because obviously there was only one one of those. It, well, one and I guess a miniature for that shot at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was really cool. And uh, for the opening of the ride. Uh, Michael J. Fox, uh, Tom Wilson, and Mary Steenburgen uh, were there for the grand opening, Man, uh, and that then would have been really cool to see. Uh, later, uh, so the other Universal Studios theme uh, parks followed suit uh, and and opened their own Back to the Future ride. Uh, the The one in Hollywood uh, was open from June twelfth, nineteen ninety three, to September third, uh, two thousand seven. Uh, so it closed roughly around the same time as the one in Florida. And then, oddly enough, the one at Universal Studios Japan did not open until March 31st of 2001. You know, oh, quite, wow. a, quite a ways after the... Is that still... The, still? That one closed down in, on May 31st of 2016. Man. So it hasn't been gone barely for, for too long. Yeah, but it was odd that they didn't even... I guess Japan was kind of like behind the... You know, behind, behind the, the the game on on stuff like that, and yeah. uh, but the fact that it didn't even open until so long after you know the I was movies. I was wanting to see it. Is it still there? Yeah, I might have to go. But uh, better luck but, next yeah. time. But again, you can if you had you a can, time traveling DeLorean, you might be able yes. to see it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if uh, but yeah, if you can still like say so you can catch videos uh, of the ride and everything to see what it was like, uh, and then also uh, September fourteenth. 1991 saw the premiere of Back to the Future, the animated series. The animated series. I remember watching at least the reruns because I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't have cable or anything like that. I mean, it was on Saturday Night TV. Yeah, Saturday cartoon. morning cartoons, yeah. yeah and, uh, you know, and it was, and it was pretty good. It, yeah, uh, uh, it had uh, Christopher Lloyd was introducing the episode in each. Yep, he did the one. intros and the outros. The the one that really stuck for some reason it was like the funniest one to me when I was little growing up is the one where where he gets a letter from his future self, and he he reads the letter. And he says, "Hmm, I've got a letter. What does it say?" And he starts reading. He's like, "Look out for bag, bag, what bag?" And that bag just falls right onto his head. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a good little show. I enjoyed those uh, those live action segments, at the beginning and the end of every show. Beef. <laughs> beef. <laughs> beef tannin. Beef tannin. Oh, shit. Uh, Biff. 
looked really weird in that one honestly he, yeah. he looked like a cartoon a cartoon bully would look like he yeah. didn't actually look like tom wilson no. i didn't think but uh but tom wilson and mary steenbergen both uh reprised their roles and then also voiced other characters like descendants or uh, sorry ancestors of their characters on the show so you did have some original you know returning cast members for the series it's kind of uh, funny that christopher lloyd although he did the intros he didn't actually he didn't do play. his voice for doc yeah i mean he's got history of doing voice acting yeah. too so, so i'm not sure what the reasoning was behind that but but it was a pretty cool little show and uh it only ran for two seasons it uh it's the last broadcast was on December 26, 1992. Uh, and there was also, I believe, there it kind of tied in with, uh, there was a comic series, yeah, I think, yeah, that there was, was a comic book based series, on that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and there's current, I mean, they've also done a few more comic book series uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But there also there was... also the game the video back to game. the future yeah. the game yes the the Delor- now this is like this was actually bob gale and robert zemeckis did have a hand in in writing that material the delorean mysteriously reappears right and marty tries to figure this all out and why this is here and uh interesting enough uh tom wilson did not reprise the role of biff in that until 2015 right. when they did the anniversary yes version. The, um, the uh the original version of the game was divided into five separate episodes that were all released on mm-hmm. different dates the first one uh was released on uh, December 22nd, 2010, and the last one was June 23rd of 2011. I was looking for it, honestly. I just found the anniversary edition on Amazon for Xbox. And I'm yeah. like, I got an Xbox. Should there I get you it? go. Should I get it? I don't know. I mean, you can't actually get it digitally or anything like that because they've uh, removed it from all digital servers and everything like that. Yeah. So it's a very hard game to find. Yeah. Now. It's, and it's, uh, Anything back to the future, it seems. You know, it's it's an okay game. It's, it's, yeah. um, it's it's it has more of a uh, it has a focus cartoony so, yeah look ha- to it as they're not going for like realism no it it has more of a it's more so focused on Christopher Lloyd's Emmett Brown mm-hmm. like Marty goes to you start learning more about his past and everything like that and uh, it, it's. They did get a very good sound alike for Marty McFly. Yes, honestly. yeah, I mean, he was he was a, great. He was like was really spot good. on. He kind of they kind of recreated some of the classic scenes, you know, from from the movie, uh, from mm-hmm. especially from the first movie, and he and he just nailed it. Um, but it's kind of one of those mission based games where basically it's like you point and click and you make you know, a choice. Make it's a like choice. you go into a room and it's like you got to choose, you know, like you know between like three options and depending on which option you choose the uh, the gameplay changes and the and the the cut scenes change you know depending on the choice that uh, that they make i want them to make a game where similar to how the ghostbusters video game really made you feel like a ghostbuster right the right. original one uh well i say original there were a but few the other yeah, 2009 that, but, yeah, yeah. I say original, but it is original because the ori- when it has the original people, I think that's yeah. original. Yeah. Um, but um, I want to see a game where they actually implement time travel in a way. You, you know, actually have an impact on the time traveling thing. 
that way people can have their little fixation on you know time traveling you know i, I want to probably be very expensive a game honestly uh to time travel to this time period or that time period or this time period you know right and then go back you know you have your option to go back to the future or you know so and obviously you'd have choices that impact what happens here what happens there no, they could do it. They could do it. They could implement uh, the some of the stuff that they have with uh, certain games. Uh, yeah, yeah. They could do it with... Uh, there's this game called... Uh, shoot, I'm forgetting the name of it now. But um, there's these certain games where they have uh, pre, pre-programmed stuff, but it's like randomized. So uh, they could, you know, use something with that and the choices that you implement in there. There are certain games that have that random factor in there. So you could use something like that to actually fixate, you know, the time traveling aspect of it. I'm just brainstorming here. So, oh, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot more they could they could do with that for sure. I think you know. Uh, I think they could. Like I said, it was an okay game, but I think they could definitely come up with with something uh, even better. Yeah. Uh, and and Michael J. Fox actually, uh, he wasn't voicing Marty. He was voicing a a different character. Yeah, uh, in the, just the little cameos and everything. Yeah, in the but. 2015, and when they uh, did that um, re-release. Uh, on October 13th, 2015, which was to commemorate the 30th anniversary of, of uh, Back to the Future. I'm going to have to get that. Yeah, uh, but he and yeah. Tom Wilson both did voices for the for the anniversary edition. I mean, like you said, it's an okay game, but I just want to hear their voices. Yeah. Because if you go on YouTube and you watch the gameplay, it's the original actors. Like, if, no one's recorded anything with, the, with uh, Tom Wilson's or anything yeah. like that. I want to see the anniversary edition, and no one's pre- actually recorded that. And uh, and the and the latest um, incarnation or whatever you want to call it uh, for Back to the Future uh, is uh, Back to the Future the musical. The musical. Yes. Oh yes, I forgot so entirely about all, that. Yeah. So Back to the Future lives on on the stage. It uh, it first premiered. Um, in Manchester, England, on February twentieth of twenty twenty, and uh, and you know ran there for a while, and um, and there were, I think there was another place uh, over in that uh, overseas there in twenty twenty one where they had several shows, but it's supposed to be coming to Broadway in June of this year, so they're bringing it to America. You know, it's like I said, it, it premiered in England, but they're. The, I think they. I think some of the cast has changed for the American version, but uh, but anyway, you know, Back to the Future and and its legacy still still lives on uh, today and just in different forms. Might have to go see that. We we might have to do a special yeah. episode where where Kim and Cox go and visit that musical. <laughs> that would be that would be that would be cool. We never know. We might have yeah. to might have to just make a trip to New York or something for that. But uh, but yeah. So you know the these these films, all three films, are such a huge part of of just American cinema and uh, and can't can't recommend them enough. Uh, so definitely. You know, go and go and check them out, and you know, I just recommend you know getting your hands on any anything Back to the Future that uh, that you can watch. They're just such great movies. Yeah, uh, I know you can you can stream all three of them on Peacock. 
you know, Amazon Prime, uh, several several other places, and they're also available on DVD and Blu-ray. So plenty of places where you can uh, catch those movies, and uh, you know, and and I think uh, for those who haven't seen them, I think you will uh, fall in love with them uh, just as quickly as as we did. Yes. But uh, but that's that's uh, just about all the time we've got for today. But all the uh, time. Well, that is all. Time as, flies, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're doing a uh, doing a uh, podcast about time travel with a flying yeah, door. That's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but as always, we want to remind uh, everybody to be sure and subscribe, like, and share to our YouTube channel. And when you do subscribe, just be sure you hit that little bell icon so that you're receiving all the notifications whenever new videos or content are posted. Uh, also, don't forget about our socials. We're on all the major social media platforms. You know, we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, so be sure and check those out as well. We'll have links for you uh, on the bottom of your screen. And that's a good way for you to get in on the conversation, too. You know, we want to hear from you. You know, we, uh, you know what, what do you think of, of uh, the podcast so far? What do you think of, you know, of these episodes? Um, you what know, could be improved upon yeah, it. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we know you're watching. We know you're subscribing because we're, we're picking up new subscribers on uh, practically a weekly basis now. So, but we want to hear from you, you know, just talk, talk back to us, engage, you know. Tell me what you want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Marty. Uh, but, yeah, it, it just, you know, that we really want to hear from you. And we, we you know, we want to, you know, we want to have that. That interaction and, and just to uh, that's just going to be helpful for us and, and where we can go from here. Uh, and uh, you can also check out our Patreon page, which uh, gives you an opportunity to have more of a direct hand in helping with the podcast. You know, contributing uh, and uh, everything you contribute, you know, goes towards the podcast. Goes towards you know production costs and uh, better equipment and and uh, and hopefully a you know, like a, a permanent space and things like that, just to, you know, just to make the podcast the best that it can possibly be. So go on there and take a look at some of the perks that we're offering, some pretty cool stuff uh, on there and just a way for you to, you know, to get get involved and basically basically kind of be a, a producer almost is, is yeah. basically what your role would be. You would have a hand in, in producing the show. So, you know, there you go. But uh, But anyway... Uh, that's uh, that's all the time we've got for today. But uh, what's the next episode? Our last episode, our oh, yes. final episode, the last episode of the season, mm-hmm. and we are going to be closing out with what I think is is uh, is a pretty pretty good uh, pretty good topic. Going out on a high note, uh, we're going to be talking about the series Tulsa King with, uh, st- with Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. Yes. Uh, his first, his first uh, starring role in a uh, a fictional uh, TV series. Yeah. So it's it's really great. It's uh, it's from the producers of Yellowstone. So anyone who uh, has watched that show or its spinoffs, it has that same sort of feel to it, and and definitely the same sort of quality. Uh, but it's a, a a terrific show and uh so we're going to gonna be talking about that next week and we certainly hope you'll join us for that but uh, in the meantime as always be good to yourselves 
and we'll catch you next week. I did it again? What? You dipstick.